0: You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at LifeChurchUK.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. I'm reconciled and restored is the title of this devotion. Reconciled. Oh, how I love that thought. Reconcile. You know, when I see people reconcile after maybe they've gone through difficulties in their relationship, and I see them reconciled and restored, I most of the time I cannot hold my emotions. I I just have to weep because it so moves me to see reconciliation because it so grieves me to see people not able to love each other, accept each other, appreciate each other, be good to one another and kind. I I mean, I can't bear it to see people cruel to other people. I honestly can't bear it. I I don't want to watch it. I don't want to know it. And you see, friends, we're living in a culture of this age that isn't much different than the many that have gone before us, where hostility and unkindness and cruelness are common and are the diet of many when we watch the news or when we watch movies or other things where you can see cruelty. And friends, just because these things are from the darkness of this age does not mean that they belong to us who are the children of the loving Heavenly Father. And I really believe that God wants you and me to live in that reality of the power of reconciliation and restoration so much so that it comes out of us. Many years ago, a a bishop in the Ukraine, long before the war there had started, invited me to go and preach in some cities. I preached in his church in Kiev, a very large church many times. And he asked me, Robert, would you be interested to go to these d- different towns? I said, absolutely, sir, well, whatever I can do to serve, I'll come. So he had set up these meetings in th- four towns, and they were within driving distance, not too far in a certain part of the Ukraine. I've preached in most of the different states in the Ukraine over the many years, and So I went to this town on the Monday night, I was amazed. It was packed out with people and and the Lord granted me the minister and had a very good interpreter and and I was able to minister and the people, I prayed for them and we had an amazing time. Then I went to the next town and again the people came out from that town and, and the next one and so forth. Well, later the bishop contacted me and he said, I don't know what happened. But we were having trouble with these churches where they were having difficulty getting along, but ever since they've become friends and they're now having peace and all the hostility is gone. And I was unaware of it, that that spirit of reconciliation in which I live with my loving Heavenly Father through His Son, Jesus, was coming through me from His throne to restore and to reconcile. God would have you and me be the carriers of that reconciliation and restoration and that you don't have to necessarily talk about an issue. You don't have to do nothing, you could just be there and people feel that reconciling love of Christ, that restoring grace of our Father in heaven. Believe this, begin to believe it and pray it and take a scripture like this, for example, Romans chapter 5, starting at verse 6. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely, for a righteous man will one die. Oh, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrating his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us much more then, having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only that, but... We also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. We live in this joy, this rejoicing through Jesus that we now have have reconciliation. We no longer are the sinner coming for mercy. In repentance, nothing wrong if you've done something wrong, you say, Oh God forgive me, I shouldn't have done that. Please wash me in your blood. Remove this thought from my heart, this this memory from my conscience. There's nothing wrong. You do it in a good marriage, you do it in any family. If you've done something wrong, you go in and say, Hey, I did that wrong, please forgive me, I shouldn't have said that, shouldn't have done that. You know, that's that's healthy in relationship. So that comes along for any Christian. But but he's talking about here rejoicing in our reconciliation with the father that we have through Jesus and he's saying now if God did so much for us as sinners by giving his son to die for us and thereby saved us from our sins through his death how much more now that we are his children will he do for us through his life the life of his son so friends I want to talk to you about this power of reconciliation because I believe often we can be distracted from what are the real treasures in this life, from what are the real happy joys in this life by the things that the world constantly portrays as the utopia of satisfaction. Like Jeremiah said in Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 and 24, listen to this. Thus says the Lord, do not, let not, excuse me, thus says the Lord, let not the wise and skillful person glory and boast in his wisdom and skill. Let not the mighty and powerful person glory and boast in his strength and power. Let not the person who is rich in physical gratification and earthly wealth glory and boast in his temporal satisfaction and earthly riches. But let him who glories glory in this that he understands and knows me personally and practically discerning and recognizing my character that I am the Lord who practices loving kindness, judgment, righteousness in the earth for these things I delight. And these things I delight. In other words, it pleases God when we say, Oh, Father, I am so happy and grateful that all is well between you and me, that you love me. And, oh, Father, I want to love you more and more every day. Thank you for inviting me into your love and perfecting your love in my heart that I may learn to love you with the same love with which you love me and share your love with others. And and that that becomes such an overwhelming grace in your life that, yes, You're happy and thankful for food and clothing and whatever comes along with living in this world. You're happy and thankful. But it's all chasing for the winter, Solomon says. It's all worthless emptiness without God. It's all everything evaporates if the light of God is not on it. It's all just emptiness without Him. But when God is with you, you can be content and happy with the simplest things in this life. Why? Because He is the joy and the rejoicing of your heart. He is what satisfies you with His goodness, having everything right between you and Him. You know, oh, I can't remember now when it was, maybe 1995 or so. I can't remember, 96. My father had had a horrific stroke. And he was completely paralyzed down the right side of his body. I went to see him in the hospital and it totally broke me to see my father unwell. He was fine, he was fine. Oh, I said, Dad, how's your arm? He picked up that lame arm and laid it on his belly. And he says, good arm, son, good arm. I said, oh, son, I lay here in a comfortable bed. They bring me food, they take care of me. What can I complain, what can I complain? I have everything in my That was my father, always. He was always like that. And I said, Pac, and and then he said to me, he said, you know, son, the song that I think about and I love so much, he looked beyond my fault and saw my need. Uh, I wish I could remember the melody right now. It's so beautiful. You could Google it and listen to it. It's amazing. And I was so moved in my heart. My father's heart was so tender to God. And I said, Dad, can I pray for you? He said, pray, and I prayed my heart out. And I went home to my mom's house. I said, Mom, can I go pray upstairs? She said, yeah, go pray. I said, I just need to pray, Mom. I went upstairs and I cried before God as if I was burdened for my papa. And the Lord brought this scripture to me that I will never, ever forget. It is, and I could just quote my version of it, but I'll read it to you. It's Psalm 17. Here it is. Psalm 17, verse 15. As for me... I will see your face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake in your likeness. Again, as for me, I will see your face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake in your likeness. When I read that, God spoke to my spirit and he said, all is well between you and between your dad and I. And he calmed me inwardly. You see, friends, I want to tell you something. You can have all the wealth and riches of this world. You can have all your earthly dreams come true. You can have every desire, every affection, everything. But if you're not right with God, your soul will remain wounded, empty and barren. You will never be able to silence the spirit that cries out to its maker. My father, when he was about to go to the Lord, I was sitting with him and there was an amarella. An amarella is a big bulb out of which you have one, two, at most three big stems that come out that can be this long, real long. And then these incredible flowers come out of them, beautiful pink, usually, or red. And, and there was one sitting right there. And my father said, son, do you see that flower? I said, yes, dad. He said, that's life, son. God shows you, you grow. You flourish, and then you've got to go. you got to go. And you see, friends, to be right with God is worth more than anything. It's more than all the gold and silver in the world. It's worth more than all the gold and silver in the world. It's more than all the love that any man or woman can give you. It's worth more than all the pleasures of this world. It's more. It's worth more because Jesus said, if you gain the whole world, but lose your soul, what can you offer to God in exchange for your soul? And he says in Psalm 49, the value of the soul of man is too costly. It is too great. Psalm 49, oh my goodness. These thoughts are so important for us to to hear. He says in verse 7 Yet not one of them, though rich as kings, can ransom his own brother from the penalty of sin. For God's forgiveness does not come that way. For a soul is far too precious to be ransomed by mere earthly wealth. There is not enough of it in all the earth to buy eternal life for just one soul and keep it out of hell. Rich men, proud men, wise men, you must die like all the rest. You have no greater greater lease on life than foolish and stupid men. You must leave your wealth to others. You see, and this psalm is quite powerful, Psalm 49. So friends, my plea with you, let all be well between you and God. Let all be well and begin to express that great gratitude and joy that you are reconciled and restored to God and that that is more important than anything in this world. My intercession is rather give up everything for that because if you have nothing but you have God, then you have it all. But if you have everything but you don't have God, you got nothing. But if you have God, listen to this. Christ, Colossians 1 verse 22, has brought you into God's presence. And you are now standing there before Him with nothing left against you, nothing He could even chide you for. The only condition is that you fully believe the truth, standing steadfast and firm, strong in the Lord, convinced of the good news that Jesus died for you, never shifting from trusting Him to save you. And this wonderful news has come to each of you and is now spreading throughout the whole world. as the Living Bible. And then lastly, but not least, Ephesians 1, starting at verse 4. Long ago, even before... He made the world God chose us to be His very own through what Jesus Christ would do for us. And God decided then to make us holy in His eyes without a single fault, we who now stand before Him covered with His love. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into His own family by sending Jesus to die for us. And He did this because He wanted to. Now all praise to God for His wonderful kindness to us and His favor that He has poured upon us because we belong to His dearly loved Son. So overflowing is His kindness toward us that He took away our sins through the blood of His Son by whom we are saved and He has showered down upon us the riches of His grace for how well He understands us and knows what's best for us at all times. God has told us this secret plan, this secret reason for sending Jesus, a plan he decided on in mercy long ago. And this was his purpose, that when the time is ripe, he will gather us all together from wherever we are in heaven or on earth to be with him in Christ forever. Moreover, because what Christ has done, we have become gifts to God that he delights in. For as part of God's sovereign plan, we are chosen from the beginning to be his. And all things happen just as he decided long ago. And God purposed God, uh, God's purpose in this was that we should praise God and give glory to Him for doing these mighty things for us, who are who were the first to trust in Christ. Now, close listen, and because of what Christ did. All of you others too who heard the good news about how to be saved and trusted in Jesus were marked as belonging to him by the Holy Spirit who long ago had been promised to us Christians and his presence within us is God's guarantee that he really would give us all that he's promised and the spirit seal upon means that God has already purchased us and that he guarantees to bring us to himself. Wow, wow, wow. So my plead with you today, let that spirit of reconciliation and restoration with God become the richest part of your life and nature and character that you express in your own household, in your workplace, wherever you are, so that all people can see what really matters most to us is what matters most to God. Amen. Have a good day.